Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. We are glad you have tuned in. Today's Monday, October 23rd. I'm joined in studio with my good buddy, Doug McCary. Doug, good to be back, man. I'm glad to have you back. I missed you, man. I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's always nice to have a, uh, some time off, but uh, I, I missed it too. I missed being in here. Uh, people, and We I, both did the same thing. I was did. helping was... My, my, my son down in... Uh, uh, South Florida move, and you were up helping your your daughter and her new husband move that's, up to Nashville. Right? That's right. I mean, you know, I was somebody asked the other day, you know, how long have you known Doug? I, I can tell y'all have known each other a long time. I said, yeah, twenty five years that's almost, and uh, and you know, so oftentimes uh, our conversations, uh, yes, they're on the air, but they're off the air a lot of times. And our conversations off the air are often those things that uh, are so important to me. Um, thankful to be joining you. Obviously, <clears throat> uh, you know, we're we're going to be dealing with this issue over in Israel and Gaza for a while, don't you think, Doug? Oh, I, I, I think so. I you know, there, there's a lot of moving parts going on, and it's not just about what's happened uh, or what happened on October 7th. And, you know, people, we, we've been getting texts and emails, and, and I just I just want to say this, you know, uh, people are emailing and asking because we've had uh, – <laughs> We we had uh, Congressman John Rutherford on. I've had I've known mm-hmm. John for a long time. Yeah, me too. And um, you know people are upset because he joined with people in not affirming uh, Jim Jordan. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine this morning about the whole thing in our Congress, in light of everything going on in the world. And they're saying you know these people have messed it up or, or blame some people are blaming Matt Gates, some people are blaming the others, the swamp. And what's really happened is it's just exposed the problems that were underneath there because those problems aren't new. Everything we're mm-hmm. seeing has been going on for yeah. a while. Yeah. It's just brought it all to the surface. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's at a time when we really need to be united. I, I really believe, Brad, people don't have any idea. This is not to stoke fear. This is just to to get people to sober up and realize what is going on in our world. We have not seen this level of threat to our national security since the World War II. I mean, really, people, when you stop and think about what we've deployed, you stop and think about the fact that, uh, and being from the military, I, I'm thinking of it from a military perspective, right? right? If I'm sitting over there and, and I'm in China, I'm licking my chops right mm-hmm. now. I yeah. mean, like, like, cause yeah. we're focused on diversity and oh. equity, uh, LGBTQ issues in the, I, I, I saw a air force interview the other day of a guy, the first trans guy we're focused on things that have nothing to do with preparedness for war and battle and people are aloof you got college students that are protesting for hamas basically they say palestine but they're are palestinians but they're protesting 
saying, I heard this from a young lady's mouth that, you know what? They were justified in what they did mm. when they went out on October 7th. <clears throat> right. And this is the the hysteria that has gripped our country because we have no morals. We have no moral baseline in God anymore. And we're it, not teaching history. We're not. <clears throat> most of these people, Doug, if I had to guess, wouldn't you say they're just clueless about what what israel is really about or what even what uh what uh, hamas is about yeah they, this they, is about a caliphate yeah yeah, I mean, it, yeah it is it is about iran trying to establish a caliphate in that part of the world the only way that works is they wipe out israel that's right and and people do not understand you know Brad, I was reading an article this morning. And by the way, if you're just tuning into SWAT radio, the first segment, we usually talk about things going on in our world. And I don't know where you're at in your life. Uh, you can't stick your head in the sand because what's going on right now in the Middle East is real. Uh, I'm getting uh, emails every day about these people. People are dying over there every day. Palestinians are dying, and they're dying because hamas is using them as shields mm -hmm. and and they're spinning stuff to make it look like israeli uh, anti-israeli propaganda and people are buying into it but anyway i was reading this article this morning um on, you remember when the barracks in beirut got bombed back in 83 yeah i don't really remember it all right i, I should but all right well and every american should remember it because and most people don't the reason I remember it is because a bunch of Marines died that day. Hmm. Um, but it was over in the Middle East, 220 Marines, 18 sailors and three Army guys died in one moment. And here's what's so crazy. That blast, it was a car bomb that went off. And this was in Beirut? It was in Beirut. Yeah. It okay. was at the embassy there in <clears throat> Beirut at the, um, and at the Marine barracks over there. It was the largest non-nuclear explosion on record. And most people, like you, this is no discredit to you. It's just right. the reality. They don't even know. 20,000 pounds of TNT is what it was equal to. And um, it wounded another Hummer. There, and and no, that amount of Marines hadn't been lost since Iwo Jima. Wow. And so what happened is, and this is what's so telling, and this is, you, you, you had Marine guards at the gate over there that were not allowed to have ammunition in their firearms. This was in 83? Yeah, this was in 83. I mean, they, they were not allowed to have loaded, like, magazines in their firearm. Wow. And, and they're guarding a gate in the middle of, of the Middle East. Incredible. <laughs> and so uh, General Kelly was the commandant. And, um, you know, what he said is he he t went before lawmakers and he asked, this was back in 83, if it would take a suicide bomber crashing a plane into America somewhere wow. for them to wake up. And wow. this was in 83. It was wow. 18 years later. So we... We have allowed, shame on us, yeah. for allowing this DEI baloney yeah. is what it is. Mm -hmm. Where have all the men gone? Right. Why are we not standing up saying this is enough? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I 
this is so funny. I saw it on a, a news headline. Um, who's who does the big lingerie stuff, runway stuff? Victoria's uh, yeah. Secrets. Victoria's Secret said they're done with DEI because oh, really that because of sales. How come we can't be done with <laughs> DEI because of preparedness exactly. of our country? It's so hmm. affecting everybody, and now it's come into the church. You heard we talked about Anley Stanley and what he's doing up in North Point. It is impacting everywhere, and we are really at risk now. And people, we need to be sober. We need to be praying. We need uh, listen. God is sovereign. He is on his throne. He's allowing this. But, you know, I was reading in uh, Daniel the past few days, and I was reading about Daniel the servant in the midst of all these wicked kings, Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. uh, his son, Belshazzar, you know, Cyrus and Darius. You know, we know Cyrus is a good guy because he let him go back. Right. But he was still <laughs> a Persian king. That they, they didn't play around, you know, uh, and so – Darius, Darius threw Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah. I mean, because he wouldn't worship right. him. And so God's people were were spared but given opportunities, but not all of them were. There were Christians that were killed. Are we serious about our faith? Are we serious about our country? This is not about Christian nationalism, but we live in a country where we have rights. We can speak mm. to our congressman. We can say, hey, can we stop the this DEI stuff going on in the military. Can we get a military that's prepared? Because it is, we we are getting in a place here where it, we're very vulnerable. And that may be what God uses, Brad, to bring us right. back to him. No, I agree. I totally agree. And, you know, if, if that's what it takes, then uh, I'm open to that. Uh, I, you know, I think you mentioned it earlier. God is sovereign. He is on the throne uh, as we've been looking even at Mark, his kingdom has come, which means he is ruling. And I think oftentimes, as uh, Christians will say, you know, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a fallen world. That's a good reminder that, you know, that, that's why we're told Paul says, be alert, be sober minded. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Mm he comes to kill, steal and destroy. And yet most people today as you said have their hand, heads in the sand. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't know if you remember that um saying the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That's right. Um I remember watching a movie called Tears of the Sun. Did you ever see that with I don't Bruce think Willis? I did. Listen, it is, it's gut-wrenching. It, it, it brings out the brutality of Muslims in the middle or in Africa who will go in and genocide yeah. a whole village because they're Christian Yeah, and what they would do. So it's very brutal, very graphic, but Bruce Willis plays the leader of a SEAL team that goes in, is supposed to be extracting a doctor out of there who's an american citizen hmm. it gives you a great they do a great job by the way of playing uh those seals with the dedication of going and you know there's seals on standby right now to try to go get hostages they're they're over there uh in in the in the gulf they're over there on ships 
and we need to be praying for our, our, our men and women over there because they go into harm's way. And and Lori and I were talking about this. We were watching this show. Ryan told us to watch it called um, uh, Special Forces America's Toughest Test or something. It's You mentioned had, that on uh, with your uh, yeah, uh, your guest, yeah, uh, Ben. Yeah, they had all these um, – they had all these uh, athletes. They had Danny mm-hmm. Amendola, who was a receiver for the New England Patriots, Super Bowl ring, really gritty receiver right. in the right. NFL. Mike Piazza, who was one of the best oh, yeah. catchers ever, Hall of Fame catcher. Um, Dwight Howard, or Dwight um, Howard, who was the uh, basketball Orlando NBA Magic. guy, yeah. um, an Olympic skier, uh, an Olympic um, all around medalist, gymnast. Hmm. Uh, had all these people that were different um, cuts, you know, but, but all these world-class athletes, not one world-class athlete made it through, except there was one female soccer player. Uh, and she didn't make it through because she was the best. She made it through because she never gave up and she was mentally tough. And what was interesting to me as we were talking about it in there in fact, I was talking to my guest last Thursday about the shooting in Texas in the church. He said all the military guys stood up and went toward the threat. Yeah. And they knew who the military guys were because that's what it's been ingrained. Mm. Everybody, until you've been trained to do that, your normal instinct is going to be to flee. Right. It's, it's, it's to flee to right. safety. That's right. what's ingrained. It was ingrained in me. Uh, But the Marine Corps kind of beats it out of you. But anyway, all that to say, we need men that will stand up and lead. We need men in Congress that will stand up and lead, men in the church that will stand up and lead. So pray for your congressmen, pray for our leaders, our military leaders, uh, to have wisdom as we move forward, uh, as we help Israel in all this. Amen. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, our number is 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network. The Jacksonville Beaches listen at 91.7. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. We are glad you have tuned in. And, uh, you know, just a good reminder after that first segment that uh, we need to be praying constantly. And uh, listen, it, these are dark days, uh, mm. not just what's happening in the Middle East, but what's happening here. Mm. And uh, we're asleep at the wheel, I'm afraid. So let's uh, let's pray for our leaders, like you said, Doug. And uh, I know this week we're going to jump back into uh, Mark chapter 1, mm-hmm. looking at part 2 of verses 14 through 20, dealing with repentance. Yes, we... We looked at this issue last week at SWAT. It was it was interesting to get some of the feedback. Uh, I, you know, the week before I'd said, if we wrote the kingdom of God down on a card and so told you to define it, what would you say? I, I, I want you to think for a second, if you're out there, about repentance. In your mind, just stop for a second and think. When I hear that word, what do I think? Do, do I, How would I define it? If somebody asked me, you know, the, Jesus said to repent. Well, what does that really mean? So what would you say to them? Uh, most people associate repentance with being sorry for mm-hmm. doing something. Right. But it's much more than that in the biblical sense. And we're going to look at that today uh, as we look at Mark 1 again, where Jesus said it. But we're also going to look at... At Luke 3, where John the Baptist is preaching repentance, and he gives us some insight into what it is. And so just as a real quick reminder, Brad, uh, for anybody that just might be tuning in for the first time, we're in the Gospel of Mark, which is widely accepted as the first gospel account written, written from Peter, the Apostle Peter's uh, perspective of the life of Jesus. And it was written to Christians in Rome, Mark primarily being focused on Jesus as the servant king. Jesus is one who came to serve. In fact, in uh, Mark 10, he, he said, I came not to be served, but to give my life uh, th- to that level of service. But Mark writes about the kingdom of God and discipleship, and he started off his gospel with this statement, the beginning of the gospel, which is the word euangelion, that's the Greek word for gospel we we translate it gospel it can also be translated good news or glad tidings i want you to think to get the picture of this word of somebody standing up on a big box going hear ye hear ye hear ye so when somebody says euangelion 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 they're getting your attention to tell you in that culture at that time one of three things Either a new king or emperor was born, either a new king or emperor was crowned, or a a king or an emperor won a great military battle. Now, when we hear the word gospel, Brad, what do you think of? I mean, what did you think of before you were taught that? Well, you you think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) You think of a written account. Exactly. Or if somebody says they shared the gospel, what would you have thought of? Uh, they shared their faith. They shared how to be saved. Would you have included in that prior to your t- being, right. you know, getting this, the rule and reign of the Lord Jesus no, in your life? No. 
And and most people don't. Yeah. But that's what they would have heard back during that time. And so Mark starts off his gospel that way, and he will use the word euangelion several times. And even Jesus will say it when Mark's writing about him. So we need to remember that. when. And so instead of saying gospel, I'm going to say euangelion. When you hear that word, I hope you will you will immediately go to the rule and reign of Jesus Messiah, the rule and reign of Jesus Messiah. And we'll talk about that as we go through this. But that's how Mark starts off. And then he goes into Jesus identifying with his people, being a different kind of king. He got baptized, even though he had no sin to repent of, but he authenticated the ministry of John the Baptist. And we also saw in him a king who intervenes for his people. As he came up out of the water, the heavens, it says, were being torn open. And that was the beginning of the bridge between man and God. Jesus was the link that was made it possible for us to be back in a relationship, the right relationship with God the Father. And then we saw how Mark wrote about him ensuring hope for his people through his desert testing. And last week we started this series on the kingdom gospel, looking at the kingdom of God. It was a statement Jesus made, and we looked at the different kingdoms, a heavenly kingdom, an earthly kingdom, the promised kingdom, or or, or, or the, or the uh, postponed kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, the millennial kingdom, and then the eternal kingdom. And so this week, as we look at this word repentance, those are the responses that we see Jesus calling for after he makes the declarative statement, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says, repent, believe, follow. We see after that. So this week we're focused on repentance. Mm -hmm. Next week we're going to look at believe. And then the week after we're going to look at what it means to follow. And so I want to have you, if you don't mind, read Mark 1, 14 through 20 and then go into Luke 3, 7 through 14. So look at both of those. Mark 1, which is a passage we've already looked at once, but I want you to go ahead and read it, and then uh, we're going to read Luke 3, 7 through 14. Yeah. Hang on a second. Let me turn there. All right. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse uh, 14. It says, Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Verse 16, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Luke 3, yep. 7 through 14, I think you said. Yes. It says, he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. 
Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations, and be content with your wages. So you read that, that you just read about John the Baptist, and we know, like, Jesus mentions repentance, John the Baptist. What is it? It was preached by John the Baptist. We know, um, you, I didn't have you read all of it, but in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, uh, Matthew records John saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That sounds very similar to what Jesus said, mm. right? Mark 1, we, we read in 4, he appeared baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance. And then over in Luke chapter 3, you read, uh, it said in verse 3 of chapter 3, he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance. So we see John the Baptist preached it. Well, Jesus preached it in Matthew 4, 17. Remember when he was uh, out there uh, in um, uh, up in uh, uh, Capernaum, it says in verse 17, Jesus began to preach saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's here. We also read that when you read Mark 1, 15, and we see Jesus also over in Luke chapter 10 uh, saying it when he's talking to the people uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 13, where Jesus says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. So Jesus is not only preaching it at the beginning of his ministry, he's calling to people to account for not repenting. Mm. And so Jesus preached it. Well, what about the apostles? Uh, Brad, flip over to Mark 6, 12 real quick. Mark 6, verse 12, and read that. I didn't bring my glasses with me. I didn't bring my glasses with me. I'm I'm like, I'm going to have to give you my, I've got some magnifiers. uh, So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. So here, this, he's talking about the apostles there. Mm -hmm. And we know from Acts chapter 238, Peter says, repent. When they said, what must we do? He says, repent and be baptized. And um, he also said that in three. Paul over in Acts 1730 at Mars Hill said, God has appointed a day for judgment. He's overlooked ignorance, and he's calling now for men everywhere to what? To repent. Repent. Yeah. Yeah. So John the Baptist preached it. Jesus preached it. The apostles preached it. Paul preached it. They all preached repentance. And so what is it? What does it mean? Why is it so important for us? Brad, I'm going to have you flip over to Isaiah 55 real quick. Isaiah 55, and I know we're we're going to go. What do we got, Jeremy? About two minutes? 
One minute. All right, so we'll, we'll come back to this after the break, Brad. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah, if you remember, Isaiah, like, like especially Isaiah 50 through 60, all those chapters, yeah. they deal with Messiah. And so yeah. he's talking about repentance in Isaiah 55. When we come back, I'm going to have you read uh, Isaiah 55, 6, and 7. If you're listening out there and you want to flip to it, go to Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, and you can read ahead. And when we come back, Brad will read it, and we're going to talk about how God speaks about repentance, even though he doesn't use the word repent. Yep. yep. Hey, glad you tuned in today. If you want to call this afternoon, 844-777-7928. You can also email us your questions at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversation with a young mother of seven who was thinking about leaving her husband for a man she had met on the internet. As we met together, she admitted that it was wrong, but she said, he's so good to me and my children. I tried to help her see that if this man really cared for her, he wouldn't be breaking up her marriage. This mother was being deceived. The first temptation also involved deceptive appearances. God had told Adam and Eve not to eat from a certain tree. But the fruit appeared to be delicious. Satan lied about the consequences of eating it. You will not surely die. When you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. If only Eve had trusted God's word, she could have seen through the appearances. Today, you may encounter some deceptive appearances, but if you trust God's word, you'll be able to see through the deception and you'll save yourself and others a lot of heartache. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Expect delays because of a crash in Clay County on U.S. 17 northbound at Raggedy Point Road blocking the left turn lane. Also, there's delays because of a broken down vehicle on I-10 eastbound at Lenox Avenue blocking the center lane. Partly cloudy tonight, low 67. Tuesday, partly sunny, high 80. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. Glad you have tuned in. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us your questions and comments. We love to tackle those here on the air. Send that to ask at SWATradio.com, A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Doug, I was... Uh, I saw this, I knew I had this quote, and maybe I used it this summer, but it was so powerful. Spurgeon said this, another proof of the conquest of a soul for Christ will be found in a real change of life. Hmm. If the man does not live differently from what he did before, both at home and abroad, his repentance needs to be repented of yeah. and his conversion 
is a fiction. Mm. It's a fiction. It, it is. It's a facade is yeah. what it is. And I, you know, I've read a quote too. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was, um, if it was a, uh, a Spurgeon quote or, um, if it was another one, but it was about, uh, it it was very similar, just talking about the changed life. And mm-hmm. I realize that we have listeners who have grown up hearing a message probably that did not include a lot about repentance in it. Yeah. I, I, I probably would venture to say that if you're under the age of 40, you may not have ever heard that word. Well, do, yeah. do you feel like some of that is because we don't teach, we don't preach on yeah, sin? Well, we don't preach on <laughs> repentance. Jeremy, well, we don't preach on Jeremy, have you heard of repent? I mean, really, in a sermon, have you heard people preaching about it? He says yes, just a little bit. He says most people, though, don't. In fact, there are people that teach that repentance is not necessary. You're adding works, and we're going to get into that. But I want to go to what the Bible says as it is it defines repentance in Isaiah 55, 6, and 7. And I want you to read that. Actually, start in verse 5, Brad. Yeah. Uh, Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So it says in verse 6, seek the Lord, call upon him. That's part of it going from not seeking him, Mm -hmm. not calling upon him, living your own self-ruled life. Verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. So uh, I love what Daryl Harrison said. You know, we've had him on several times. He said, the, um, uh, and this is, he's quoting a guy from 17, like the late 1700s. The repentance which is in the New Testament required of sinners is such an entire change of mind or of views and sentiments respecting sin and salvation as discovers itself by a genuine sorrow for sin, a firm resolution to hate and forsake it, and a sincere endeavor so to return to God and Christ as to walk with him in newness of life and the sincerity of which is to be evidenced by fruits in keeping with that repentance. Mm. And so notice before it says our God will abundantly pardon, it says let the wicked forsake his way, let the um, unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. And so that's, that's a good biblical definition there, that it is... It is such a radical turning from your self-rule to God's rule, Mm. uh, turning from your righteousness, not thinking that you need Jesus, to knowing that you are utterly dependent upon him, uh, that's a radical life change. People see that. And so 
Uh, in Luke 3, I find it interesting, Luke 3, 7, you read this, how John the Baptist starts off his message. you got to remember, at this time, hundreds of thousands of people are coming from Jerusalem and all over to be baptized by John. They're preparing for Messiah. And you would think just showing up would be evidence enough. In a lot of churches, they say, hey, if you just show up, we're happy, right? Mm. This is how John greets them. You brood of vipers. You offspring of poisonous snakes. He's alluding, Brad, to their father, Satan. And he says, don't lean on your heritage in Abraham. This was no appeal to any kind of felt need these people had. There was nothing pragmatic about it. It It's like, hey, we just want you guys to come in and be a part. Um, No, John wasn't pragmatic at all. In fact, he was very direct. Why was he so direct, you think, Brad? He cared for them. Yeah, but don't you think he was being judgmental? (laughs) Well, I think this gets back to what I was saying is I feel like there's there's little discussion on repentance because there's little preaching on sin. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to know you're a sinner to repent. Exactly. It's like going to the doctor and him offering you this uh, life-saving cure and you go on i don't need that right because you don't feel right. like you're sick right but but i just want to address something oh that I, I brought up in swat the other day could you see john the baptist cracking a joke out there in the middle of the the jordan river no in the middle of saying brood of vipers no no we have a lot of preaching today where people resemble a comedian more than they resemble mm-hmm. John the Baptist mm-hmm. or Jesus. And this is a very sober thing. It's a very sober thing. And John the Baptist is deliberately pointed. It's deliberately harsh because he wants to awaken people to this very sober reality that without Jesus, they're destined for hell. Without Jesus, they're destined for eternal punishment. Right. They desperately need him, right? And and so you hear a lot of people, Brad, in our culture today. In fact, I've heard people say this. Well, I don't like John the Baptist approach. He was a crazy man. People have said he's a crazy man. People have said he was a lunatic. They said, you know, he's he. I don't. I don't like the, his approach. He wasn't very loving. He was very <laughs> judgmental. Have you ever heard that? Oh yeah, yeah. So people yeah. say that about John the Baptist, and and they they treat him like he really was judgmental, like he didn't care about people because of this harsh language. If let me ask you this: If you went into the doctor, and the doctor just cracked a joke, like it said, Brad. Man, I hate to tell you this, but, uh, you know, you better get your life together and affairs in order because you got about two weeks left to live. And he's cracking jokes while you're saying that. Mm. Are you going to look at him like he's crazy? You're going to be like, what are you talking about? Right. Because that mindset yeah. doesn't go with the message. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're If right. you're talking to somebody about something really sobering, you're not going to be lackadaisical or superficial but that's what we've become today do you agree with that oh absolutely i mean we're we're an entertain entertainment culture 
you know, make me happy, make me feel good, give me what I want to hear. I mean, I think of where Paul talked about they're, they're going to search out teachers who will tickle their ears. You know, I, I think of I, I think of Paul Washer. A lot of people mm. don't like Paul Washer because he's so sober. Yeah, he's so prophetic in the way he speaks. I mean, just like he he cares about people. He yeah. weeps for people. He does when he's when he's preaching. And you know, I a lot of people say, well, I prefer Jesus' approach. Jesus was loving. You know, John the Baptist was judgmental. And and is there really a difference between these two? Um, you know, I think Jeremy, what do we got? About a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I think we got about one minute. So I I want you, if you're listening right now, I want you to come back after the break and we're gonna see, we're gonna contrast Jesus' approach to his proclamation to people and John the Baptist to see. Is Jesus really more loving in the way he shares? Is it unloving to have a direct approach like John the Baptist did? We're going to look at what Jesus said when we come back. And if you want a little preview, you can flip your Bible over to John chapter 8 and read John chapter 8 because that's where we're going to go to. John, uh, we're going to look at Jesus interacting with people who he's talking to about their eternal destiny who do not think they need a savior. Mm. They do not think that he's the one. They reject him. And we're going to see how he responds to them. And it's pretty similar to John the Baptist. So yeah, it's good stuff. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call, love to hear from you. 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us your questions at askitswatradio.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Palm Coast listens at 91.9. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call, give us a shout. 844-777-7928. 844-777-7928. Doug, uh, Tim, one of our SWAT brothers, uh, 
sent this in, said repentance means a change, a new mindset, and a new attitude toward God. We turn our back on sin and face God. Before the repentance, we turned our back on God and toward sin. Good, mm-hmm. good, good visual there. Yeah, uh, you know that we're not we're not turning from sin to nothing. You know, it's like we're not turning from sin to better behavior. We're turning from sin to Christ. Yeah, and and the whole thing is that this turning is something we can't even do on our own. Right. He has to empower us mm-hmm. to do it, but the desire. We have to have the desire to want to change, uh, to to this longing to change and and to not be self led, to but not it's not just about a desire to not go to hell. Exactly, <laughs> you know that's yep. the problem that a lot of preaching is. It's just about the d- desire not to go to hell and not realize it. So I want to get back to this issue of Jesus and John the Baptist approach. You know, many people don't like John's approach, like we said. They prefer Jesus. Well, let's look at John 8. Go to verse 39 and read uh, 39 all the way through 47, Brad. Yeah. Uh, They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47 Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And so Jesus' approach is the same approach. He says they're who? Sons of Satan. It's the same. He says your father is a liar and a murderer and you do what he does. I mean, it's the same. And so why is it the same? Because it was God's approach. Both Jesus and John the Baptist Mm -hmm. had a message from God. In fact, Brad, back in Luke chapter 3, verse 2, it says, During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. So the word of God came to John the Baptist. The word of God came to Jesus of Nazareth. They proclaimed the same message. And what was it? It was the euangelion of God, that God forgives sinners in order to take them into his kingdom Mm -hmm. to be ruled and to reign over. 
And remember, a king's domain is where his will is obeyed. So our message, our gospel, our euangelion from God that we are heralds of is that Jesus of Nazareth died on the cross, rose again, and rules and reigns over his people Hmm. that have embraced his resurrection as the sign that God is satisfied and now we are in the kingdom. We are part of that kingdom. And remember what um, Sobels and Hull said, the gospel you preach determines the disciples you make. And so a lot of our culture has focused on the forgiveness only gospel Mm. that does not talk about rule. It does not talk about his reign. It doesn't even talk about repentance. Doesn't talk about turning. Yeah. No, there is no repentance. You just believe. Right. Right. I mean, they completely omit repentance when talking about that as a response Hmm. to the herald of the gospel. And they say that it's a work that is legalism, and it is that is an error. They only give part of the truth. And uh, it's not just a simple formula. It's not just a temporary change of mind. It's not... A just a superficial, temporary thing. It is a new direction. I'll say this over and over this week. It is not a refurbish project of your life. Yeah. It is a complete teardown and rebuild. Hmm. Brad, you're in real estate. Yeah. What's the difference between a refurb and a complete teardown rebuild? <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is, it is, as you said, it's a teardown. We look at property all the time and it's like you, you it may have great bones on the outside, it may look great character wise, but you get on on the inside and you go, "This is a teardown." You got to you know? tear it down, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the way it is. What a lot of people do, and we're going to get into this tomorrow, is a lot of people focus on the exterior, and they think by focusing on the exterior, along with believing the facts about mm. Jesus' death, mm. we're not talking about believing the facts about his death, right? We're talking about believing everything embodied in his suffering, his death and resurrection. And we're going to talk about that next week more in detail. But there's a repentance uh, before that takes place. There's a repentance that says, you know what? That really had no significance on my life. That that, Mm. the fact that Jesus was crucified, the fact that he died and was resurrected didn't have any input into my life. It didn't have any effect on my life. I could have cared less about that. Even though I knew it in my head, it wasn't changing anything about who I followed, about my loyalty in life. My loyalty was to me. And repentance means I don't want to live that way anymore. Right. I want to, I want to have my mind changed to where I'm, uh, in tune with the resurrection, yeah. I th- it has value to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Brad, you and yeah. I have talked about this numerous times at the gratitude we feel that yeah. God would yeah. redeem our lives. Well, I was thinking of Romans, uh, Romans 2, verse 4, or do you uh, presume on the riches of his kindness mm. and forbearance and patience? So and it goes on, it says, not knowing that God's kindness which his kindness is wrapped up in those things, his, his, his riches, his kindness, his forbearance, his patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you 
to repentance. Mm. That as you and I, as we reflect on what Christ did on the cross, mm. we repent. We repent. It should lead to repentance. Well, I was reading this morning in Psalm 50, and I read this verse, and it just really was like a cold rag in the face mm. to remind me. is uh, Psalm 50, 23, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. He talks about thanksgiving there. Yeah. One of the biggest issues for people who are unrepentant, who have not repented of their self-rule, mm -hmm. is they're not grateful for his sacrifice. That his only son suffering, his only son, first of all, going away from his God power and his God status to rule. I mean, Jesus created the earth. Yeah. And to come away from that, to take a human form, so that he could walk among us and be the perfect sacrifice to be spit upon, to have his beard pulled, to be crucified naked, yeah. all those things, and to just treat that as an ordinary, common thing. Yeah. This gets back to that with that idea of presuming. We're presuming on the riches of God, his yeah. kindness, his patience, his forbearance. If there's not repentance, you're presuming on God. Yes, and that's never a good thing, is no, it? <laughs> no, it definitely <laughs> we, is not. We can't presume upon him. Well, you know, one of the things, Brad, is we we think about the way John the Baptist addressed those people, and we go, why would he say that to those? Well, they were hypocrites. We all have a poisonous lineage. And all, we all have a, you know, before we condemn Hamas, and we're quick to do that, but we all are guilty of the death of Jesus. Every human being that walks the face of the earth has a sin nature. Yep. Had there been one without it, Jesus would not had to have gone through what he did, but he did because we all are deserving of that. Mm. And we forget that at times. And we go, well, I'm not as bad as this guy. And we tend to compare ourselves to the lowest common denominator right. in our room at right. the time, right? Yep. And... um John addressed those people and the message of repentance and and the gospel, it doesn't make sense until we all realize mm. we're children of vipers, we're children of Satan. We deserve judgment. Our our biggest issue is we don't like to hear the truth about sin, just yeah. like Jesus was saying mm -hmm. in John 8. Yeah. We don't like to hear it. Yeah. What happens? I mean, like, let's be honest. When when Vicky confronts you with a sin, what happens? Do you, do you, you don't uh, go, well, Vicky? Thank yeah. you so much. I love you for that. <laughs> yeah. You're the best. I'm usually trying to figure out which one I can point out to her. You know, <laughs> that's where we go. We right. we get into the blame yeah. game, right? Yeah. Like Adam. Yeah. Hey, God, this woman you gave me, she did it, right? right? Yeah, we want to blame that on somebody else. That's mm -hmm. it's it's not what what is it? It's not what uh, goes in. It's what comes out. You know. That whatever comes out, that's what's in there. You know, it's so easy to say, I'm, I'm, that's not me. You ever heard that? You ever, you ever, hey, I've said that before. Yeah. Man, that is not me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is me because that's what came out of me. Well, yeah. And Isaiah 55 
7 talks about the thoughts. Yes, exactly. The thoughts. It's not just mm. our deeds. It's our thoughts which reveal what's really in us, right? Right. right. Well, well, and I think, you know, and I know we'll hit on this further throughout the week, this idea of, uh, you know, bearing fruit and keeping with repentance. This isn't a one-time, one-and-done, as they say. No, it, it is an ongoing thing, but there is an initial turning sure. that says, yeah. I want you to do a teardown exactly. and rebuild. Yeah. And yeah. after that, it is refurbishing yeah. after that. Yeah. It just continually rebuilding and refurbishing us to make us more like Christ. Because as we're in his word, his spirit will convict us of those sins, those thoughts yeah. that we might have. And like 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if we confess, he will forgive. Amen. Hey, you're Amen. out tomorrow. Yeah, I got Pastor tomorrow. Will coming in, Pastor Ronnie McKinnon. So uh, he'll be here for you. We may have to put that on the golf cart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good to be with you, brother. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in today at SWAT Radio. Go to SWATradio.com, listen to past.